Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. The Screen the Screener Podcast College Basketball Team Preview Series continues to roll on here. We looked at Notre Dame, we looked at Louisville, and tonight we're going to look at one of the biggest and best college basketball teams there is, the legendary program, the Kansas Jayhawks. We have Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star, also writes for KU Hoops, who's going to join us in a minute to talk about Kansas. And Kansas, folks, is a real interesting team. Bill Self goes into the Hall of Fame this year, justifiably so, has a 4-16 and 86 career record in 14 seasons, and he's won 13 straight. Amazing. 13 straight Big 12 regular season titles. The only year he has not won that was his very first year back in 2003-2004. So incredible success. Great recruits. He's won the league. Usually gets a top seed in the tournament. And that's what we talk about because that is one side of the coin. And certainly to the rest of America and programs that have not succeeded as well as Coach Selfs in Kansas has, that is amazing. Sustained success. Gus and I talk about it all the time. But there's a flip side to that coin. And the flip side that Jesse and I talk about at the end is in regards to some difficult losses that have occurred over the years, whether it was Ali Farouk Manesh with Northern Iowa when they were one seed or VCU in an Elite Eight game or Michigan over the years, Wichita State, of course, big rivalry game they lost in the second round, Stanford, Kansas has had some difficult losses. And even Bill Self mentioned in a late night at the Fog this year, he said, we've been knocking on the door for a while. Now it's time to kick it down. National champions in 2007-2008, Only the third national title. Amazing. Kansas only has three national titles when you think about it. Only the third national championship in Kansas' history. Bill Self brought it to them. 1952, 1988 with Danny Manning and the Miracles and Larry Brown. And then 2008 with that Mario Chalmers shot, of course, uh, sending the Memphis game into overtime. And then they were national runners-up, national championship runners-up in 2011, 2012. That was the Thomas Robinson year. But over the last few years... Second round loss, second round loss, then two back-to-back Elite Eights. And last year's did sting, of course, with the Jayhawks getting at Kansas City a home game, basically a real big home game, but losing to a Chris Boucher-less Oregon Duck team that went to the Final Four. So which side of the coin is it? Is it the great success with Bill Self, who made the Basketball Hall of Fame? He's going to pass Roy Williams this year on the all-time Kansas win list, and he's done stuff that Roy Williams could not do, which is win a national title. Or is the pressure mounting, and is this going to be Kansas's year where they really have to step up and knock down that door. They have a guard-oriented team. They lose Frank Mason. Devontae Graham is back. He's going to be a leader along with Sfi Mihailik. LeGerald Vick, tremendously athletic, and the big man inside Udoko Azabuki returns after a wrist injury. So the Jayhawks are loaded. Bill Self always gives him a chance. Hall of Fame coach, but the Jayhawk fans want more. Now let's bring in Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star to preview the Kansas Jayhawks 2017-2018 college basketball season. We continue our Screen the Screener College Basketball Team Preview Series with a big one today. We have Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star, beat reporter for the Kansas Jayhawks. He also writes for KUHoops.com. He joins us for a few minutes today to preview one of the best teams in college basketball, the Kansas Jayhawks. Jesse, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. How about yourself? Very excited. We're we're excited to start talking about the actual players and and teams and coaches on the floor. Of course, we have some some off-the-court stuff we'll get to in a minute, but I have to start with the first question for you. How great is Late Night at the Fog? My partner and I would love to get there someday. I watched it online. I mean, it seems incredible. It must be a great experience. 
Yeah, it, it is. And I mean, I, unfortunately, like everything in life, the more you go to, the, the less of an experience it is. And I've probably been there about a dozen by now. But I think the good thing that with Late Night in the Fog right now is they've kind of condensed it down and made it a little bit more efficient. And so it seems like they kind of just keep hitting on things uh, pretty quickly in a short time period. And, you know, obviously the old uh, the old rule for it was, you know, practice could start at 12.01 or right at midnight. So you had to stay up late and you had all these activities and it got to be kind of a long program. But nowadays with new NCAA rules, you know, you can kind of get everything packed into three hours. So uh, rapper Little Yachty was there. I heard, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so that's a little bit more for the kids than, than me. Uh, but he uh, but he had great energy. He was going around, uh, going in the student section. He actually ran across the uh, press row and I had to shut my computer real quick to make sure that Little Yachty didn't take it out. <laughs> Uh, but but he was going crazy. He had people taking out their cell phones with the lights and everything. And then, uh, uh, you know, they get the videos. They get the the skits really quickly. They kind of unfurl a couple of banners. You know, Bill Self going to the Hall of Fame this year. They put him up on a banner in Allen Fieldhouse. So that was a cool moment. And then uh, a really short scrimmage at the end, which Bill Self always complains about, always says it's really bad basketball. But at least then it kind of opens things up and says, hey, basketball season's here and it's about to get going. You know, my partner and I were talking about that, and he said, you know who else was there? And I, I said, a Big Yachty? And he said, no, <laughs> Zion Williamson, uh, one of the top recruits for next year, was was there. They, they always bring a bunch of recruits in there, don't they, to that night? Yeah, and actually for this year, it was a little bit different for KU. A lot of times they bring in a lot of official visitors. Uh, this year, they only brought in two from the 2018 class, and one of them, David McCormick just uh, committed to Kansas. So they actually have him in the bag. You know, he takes his official visit, but it's kind of just a formality. So the only other one is the one you talked about. You know, Zion Williamson, he's already, he's number two ranked for most of the recruiting sites out there, number two for rivals, I know. I believe number two in the 24 7 composite, but just a dunking machine. And if he gives you any, uh, any indication of, of what the hype is with him, you know, Sports Illustrated has already done a profile on him and had it in their magazine. So uh, that's the kind of kid he is and just kind of the same sort of a little bit like Andrew Wiggins, where if, when Andrew Wiggins came to KU, was a little bit of a hype machine. Kind of the guy was the aura was a little bit more than the man uh, just because of what he'd been built up to be. And so, yeah, Zion Williamson on KU's campus. And, uh, you know, that that's a, that's a big deal for KU. And they've had success with wings over the past. They've had success with Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins and and Josh Jackson, you can kind of go on down the line, Brandon Rush. Bill Self has really featured that sort of wing-type player and gotten them a bunch of points and numbers and moved them on to the NBA. And so I think they're hoping that Zion Williamson kind of continues in that mold. I don't know what else you'd want to be called as an incoming recruit besides a dunking machine. If that doesn't get the Jayhawk fan base uh, excited, I don't know what is. But certainly to have him in the building is a, is a big deal. Uh, Jesse, let's get that obvious but unpleasant question out of the way. Of course, the FBI investigation into college basketball Kansas has not been mentioned. What's the vibe around the Kansas program? How's how are Jayhawk fans feeling, and and should they be concerned, or is it something that you think won't touch uh, Fog Allen Fieldhouse? Yeah, well, I think everybody is kind of uneasy. I think you would say that. I think that's a pretty obvious point. I think the most uneasy that that people feel about it is just the KU's direct tie with Adidas and with Jim Gatto being uh, one of the people charged in this case you know you could you could see maybe there's a there's a tie there or there could be a tie there Bill Self addressed this at a charity event last week and uh, you know Bill Self does what Bill Self does he's great in front of the camera uh, he's great at kind of talking over things and he basically just called it a dark week for college basketball but he was asked on a bunch of topics by our reporters and from other reporters out there and you know basically said that he has 
faith in his assistant coaches and, and what they do and the type of people they are. But, you know, I think we all understand in college basketball that, that sometimes recruiting, things happen. Things happen outside that. So as of right now, really, there's there's no movement with it. There's no uh, there's nothing breaking. Again, anything could change at any time. But I think the number one thing that people are looking out for right now is just the Adidas deal. And it's fascinating with Kansas. Kansas, a week before the FBI investigation came out, uh, re-upped its deal, a new 14-year, $191 million contract wow. extension with, with Adidas. Wow. And so, the, I mean, I, I asked Jim Marcioni, who's uh, an assistant athletic director for KU, the next week, I said, hey, it is, you know, you guys said it's official, you've already announced it, but that the contract hasn't completed yet. You know, is this still a thing that's going to happen? And he says, well, as of now, nothing's changed, but they kind of always reserve the right to figure out what happens moving forward with what, what you know, what's going on here, and and maybe one or both parties could change their mind with it. So that kind of still remains up in the air. It's up in limbo. I don't imagine it's going to change anything with KU and Adidas, but I think again, that's the most obvious link is that you look at Louisville and everything that's happened with them in the last week. That a lot of that is based on an, a, a a relationship with Adidas and KU, obviously, along with Adidas. Uh, along with Louisville and Indiana, are kind of the the flagship schools when it comes to Adidas and college basketball. So there will be something to watch with that moving forward. Well, Jesse, let's get to the court now. I mean, there's death, taxes, and Bill Self winning the Big 12, right? I mean, we're out here on the East Coast, and, and you know, he's known all across the country. The the sustained success, which is so important in college basketball, is unprecedented in what he's done, and that's why he's in the Hall of Fame, and, and certainly deservedly so. The Jayhawks are again favored to win their 14th now straight Big 12 championship. Uh, Coach Self is 4-16 and 88 in his 14 seasons at KU. The last time the Jayhawks missed the NCAA tournament was 1989. That That is an amazing 28-year run. He was in the Hall of Fame, like we said. We don't really appreciate him, I think, out here in the East Coast. But take us inside the team. How does Bill Self do it year in and year out? Yeah, it's crazy. I, th- I think you're right when you're looking at Bill Self and the consistency is really what got him in the Hall of Fame. You know, you look at 13 straight Big 12 titles and – uh, you know, one of my favorite people to talk to in college basketball is Ken Pomeroy. He kind of put some numbers with this before the season starts. But here's the basic gist of it. When when he looks at conference standings, most teams, even if you're the heavy favorite, you shouldn't be more than about 50% to win your conference every single year. So just imagine this with me. Imagine I'm giving you a coin. I'm giving you a quarter right now. And I said, okay, you got a 50-50 chance. I want you to flip it heads 13 times in a row. It's not going to happen. Crazy. You so know what I mean? True. So true. Man. I mean, it would take you all day to say, okay, well, I'm going to keep flipping here until it flips head. So that's what Bill Self has accomplished. That even when he is a heavy favorite, even when KU is 50% to win the conference, which, again, that's probably grossly overestimating his chances every year with what has been a competitive Big 12 in the last two or three years has been uh, Pomeroy, Ken Palm's rankings, the top conference in the nation, because not only is it smaller, but it has, uh, you know, a lot of depth from top to bottom. For him to be able to do that 13 times in a row, I mean, that's exactly the, the type of thing that you're talking about that would get you in a Hall of Fame. But for Bill Self, it's just the expectations. What he's got rolled here, rolling here is that the expectations don't change year to year. I mean, you can have different players. I always think back to the 2009 team after the uh, the national championship where you know they had a young Sean Collins. They had an inexperienced Cole Aldrich who was like the fifth big man off the bench. Those were the best two players. They had a couple really young players in the Morris twins. But, yep, sure. And, and that team started off really bad. But again, they just ascended to the expectations that every other Kansas team had had before them. And before long, what do you know? They win the Big 12 just like all the teams before them because they expected to do that. And so, you know, Bill Self has has done some things roster-wise where, uh, you know, he hasn't relied on one-and-dones quite as much as a Kentucky. So there has been a little bit more consistency with, consistency with the program. But, you know, he also 
He recruits well year after year after year, and then he develops guys when they need a player to, to plug in there. You know, you look at Frank Mason, who was not a highly acclaimed guy coming out of high school, and he turns into National Player of the Year. You look at Landon Lucas, uh, who I think for a long time they thought wasn't going to play very much at Kansas, and he develops into one of their most irreplaceable players last season. You know, they, they kind of have this nice mix of Bill Self brings in talent with recruits, and then they develop guys when they get them as well. And and then he develops toughness in them. He, he demands defense. He demands toughness year after year after year. And again, you see the results. KU, is they haven't had the tournament success they've wanted, and I think that's pretty obvious, but they're in the game every year. They're a one seed, they're a two seed, and they're always going to have a chance in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Bill Self puts them in that game every single year. Totally true. Now let's turn our attention to the players. Uh, Kansas lost 54%. Uh, you say Ken Pomeroy, so now I want to go stats on you here to get some numbers involved. <laughs> uh, they're scoring from last year with Frank Mason, Josh Jackson, and Landon Lucas, but they still have a very strong team returning. In the backcourt there, Jesse, senior Devontae Graham, he's the top returning scorer, 13 points per game. Looks like he's going to slide over to point guard and run the club. He has LeGerald Vick, who I think is tremendously athletic, sort of an under-the-radar guy nationally, how athletic he is. He has some great dunks in games and incredible moves. And, of course, sharpshooter Svi Mihailik. In addition, you talked about sort of a change maybe in, in recruiting philosophy. I feel like Bill Self is bringing in more transfers lately. I don't know if you can verify that or not. but Yeah, for sure. Uh, Mississippi State transfer Malik Newman, who everyone is talking about. So talk to us about this backcourt, how you see it shaking out, and can Graham take that massive leadership void left by uh, Frank Mason? Yeah, it's it's interesting for KU because they almost half their roster is newcomers and almost half the roster is turned over yet you kind of feel pretty secure in what those guys are in the backcourt and you, and if you're Bill Self you kind of feel stable about what you got because again Devontae Graham, you know, he's been there 3 years already. You know what he's he's going to be basically. He's he is the vocal leader, he is the emotional leader. He's the guy uh, that has shown an ability to hit threes and I've seen him already on some first team all-American list. So he's going to be He's going to be the guy for Kansas. When when you go to an ESPN game and they show Big Monday, KU versus Oklahoma, it's going to be Devontae Graham's face there. I mean, that he is the face of the program as of now. Where I think it might be a little bit different than people think is I could see more for him with this team in particular. This team has a lot of outside shooters and not as many guys like a Frank Mason who can create for others. And Devontae Graham can fit that role. He's fit that role for KU for the last three years. I could see him doing it again for this year's Kansas team and kind of opening up uh, for other guys in there. So maybe instead of thinking, okay, I'm thinking All-American, first-team All-American for Devontae Graham, I'm thinking 20 points and five assists like Frank Mason. Yep. Maybe maybe think more like a 15.6 or 7 assists because, again, there's lots of mouths to feed in that backcourt. You talk about Sue Mikhailuk, uh, he's back. He seems like an old, old guy, but he's actually only 10 months older than uh, Billy Preston, incoming freshman this wow, year. Wow, so really? That, that, yeah, that, that lets you know. Uh, I mean, he's a senior, but that lets you know how young he was when he came to Kansas, and then obviously Billy's a little bit old for his age uh, as a freshman coming in. But again, outside shooter, can you believe they can get a little bit more from him and, and more comfortable with the program? Uh, LeGerald Vick, like you said, uh, Bill Self loves him, thinks he's an improving player, will only develop more. He's actually, KU has a couple of fascinating pieces here that would like LeGerald Vick and Marcus Garrett where they could play a little bit of point guard and they also could play a little bit of small ball four for Kansas. So it's kind of weird that those two guys could kind of play at the opposite end of the position spectrums for KU. But I think the one to talk about here more than any other is the guy you mentioned, Malik Newman. I think... As of this point, he would be the leader in the clubhouse to say that was going to lead KU in scoring. And he is just a natural scorer. Uh, I went over to Italy for their exhibition trip with them uh, about a, uh, two months ago now it was. And at one point, I think he had 25 points in the first 14 minutes. I mean, it was so good. The Italian PA announcer was going 
Malik Newman, Mamma Mia. And so, like, that's, that, that's how you know you're putting on a scoring display when the uh, the, the, uh, the PA announcer brings out a Mamma Mia in Italy. So, Absolutely. We, we uh, need more of that in America. I agree. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, he's a guy, great outside shooter, uh, can create for himself off the dribble, can create his own shot off the dribble. That's kind of what makes this KU team unique is a lot of these guys, Devontae Graham, uh, Sui Mikhailuk, and, uh, and Malik Newman kind of create for themselves off the dribble uh, very well. But he's just... He's a really, really, really talented shooter. Uh, needs to maybe create for others a little bit more, and I think he's working on that. But, uh, again, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he averaged 17, 18 points per game and kind of stepped into that Frank Mason sort of scoring role for Kansas. Yeah, Kansas went 4-0 on that trip to Italy, and Newman had 32 in that last game. That was all over YouTube and, and the Internet as well. And I, I've always liked Jesse Devontae Graham. I find that he was a little feast or famine sometimes, and maybe that's just because he was deferring to other people. But he is a flammable guy. He can certainly fill it up, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and I'd have to look at his numbers in particular. I could do it real quick, but I mean, he was, what, 42, 43% from three last year? I mean, he's a talented spot-up shooter, but again, I think KU's going to ask for him to do kind of what he's done in previous years, which is defer a little bit because, again, Malik Newman is a great spot-up shooter, but he needs somebody to kind of, I mean, it would be nice for him to stand on the perimeter and have somebody drive and kick out to him and get him an open three. I mean, Sweet Mikhailuk, he is kind of fit in that mold for KU, kind of standing in the corner, waiting for someone to get him the ball. And then when he gets it, he he makes the threes. And then Gerald Vick as well. I mean, he's kind of an underrated shooter. Uh, he has that athleticism, but he can make three-pointers as well. So you get all those guys together and and you think, okay, who is going to create for them? Gerald Vick maybe a little bit, but it could be Devontae Graham. And again, he, he was really good at driving and dishing last year, you know, getting his shoulders by guys. He's not like Frank Mason, where Frank Mason can get by you, get to the rim and score, or get to the rim and get fouled. Devontae Graham is more get by you, get a step or two, pull up into a, yep. a shot at mm-hmm. the elbow, or kick out for three and find those guys, open guys on the perimeter. But again, for, for KU and Bill Self, and kind of the way Bill Self has loosened the reins in the last couple of years when it comes to three-point shots, I mean, he... He let his guys shoot threes last year, and it was a, a big help to their offense. If, if it's the same sort of offense this year, and I believe it will be, then Devontae Graham's going to be very important for that to kind of to create something offensively, kick it out, and get some guys some open shots. Yeah, uh, Graham and Mihailuk were right at 40%. Vic was a little bit less at 37 but he was right there as well. Let's take a look at the front court now. It's amazing that Bill Self kept his team together with a limited front court last year. He lost uh, Duka Azabuki at 7 feet, 280 pounds. He was playing very well, solid contributor as a freshman, five points, 4.4 rebounds, but then the wrist injury, he was gone after just 11 games. I'm reading a lot about how he's in shape and everyone's very high on him. And of course, he's joined by 6'10", 240-pound freshman Billy Preston from California, five-star recruit. You wrote a great article about Preston and you were saying how he's the most fascinating player for Kansas. You said, quote, he could be one of the Big 12's elite players and he also might not be a starter by year's end. So talk about these two guys and can Preston have a Josh Jackson-esque difference this year? Yeah, he could. I mean, he's a top 15 player, McDonald's All-American, all those things you want to go down the list with. Uh, the difference between him and Josh Jackson, obviously, is the position they play and what Bill Self wants out of him. You know, and, and Bill Self, he kind of knew what he was going with Josh Jackson. All the time when you heard about Josh, you heard motor and energy and that he was competitive and had that streak, you know, mean streak to him, all those sorts of things. And all those things played out at Kansas. I mean, he was everything that Bill Self wanted him to be in terms of a team player and sharing the basketball and all those sorts of things. Billy Preston is just a little bit different. You know, he's a he's a four man that, that Bill Self wants to play the four. He wants him to be inside. He wants him to rebound. He wants him to score with his back to the basket. And he's also comes to Kansas. You know, he's con- gone to a few different high schools. He went to Oak Hill last year. But 
the reputation coming in, and, and I'm, you know, I'm not saying lazy. Lazy is not the right word, but he hasn't been pushed. You know, I mean, he hasn't had a Bill Self as a coach that says go hard all the time. I mean, I remember in Italy, it was just it was glaring. Like uh, one of the games when they're running back and forth, and like the coaching staff, the two words they kept repeating over and over were "run, Billy." run billy and i mean it's like they were coaching him they were coaching him to try you know what i mean but I mean, <laughs> not good jesse that, that's but, not but, a good thing but, but but what i'm saying is like that won't happen by november it won't happen by right, december it'll sure, be an right. instinct i mean this is what bill self does to these guys they play hard they get he gets talented guys he gets them to play hard but again i think early on billy still has the mindset of like oh you know i i i can't just run to half court and stop and you know late night was a lot different he i he Again, I wrote that in the article. He was conditioned very well. He got sure. a steal in the final 30 final seconds. Final yeah, yep. And so, uh, you know, that kind of shows you that uh, Bill Self was very high on him in the boot camp conditioning drills that they did. But uh, the battle is going to be to get him to play inside. I mean, he's a lot skill-wise, he's a lot like Carlton Bragg. And Carlton Bragg last year ran in the same problem, which KU needed him to be a big man. He added some weight to try to do it. It just never fit. And now, you know, he finds himself at Arizona State with a different program and uh, is not with the program anymore. So, you know, with Billy Preston, it's just how is this butting of heads going to work? Because you talked about the transfers earlier. Uh, KU has three transfers who are not eligible this season. Charlie Moore and then the two Lawson brothers who came from Memphis, Diedrich and KJ. Mm -hmm. What it's done for them is that they also have a scholarship they're not using. So for the whole season, they have nine scholarship players that are available to play. This is a little bit different than teams of the years past where, you know, Bill Self is at teams where Jeff Withy was his fifth best big man or uh, Cole Aldrich was his fifth best big man. This, this team has three big men and that's it. And so that's why it's so imperative for this team and for Bill Self to get through to Billy Preston and say, you need to be a big man for Kansas because Yudoka Azubuki's coming off injury. He's also had foul problems. Mitch Lightfoot is untested, a little bit of an unknown in there. And then there's Billy Preston. And that's it. So unless KU goes completely small ball, plays four guards almost all the time, they need Billy Preston to really um, emerge, set himself up, play like an NBA player, and play like an NBA player who plays the post. Uh, and again, that's what Bill Self's going to ask of him this year. We'll see how that battle goes throughout the entire season. And they're going to get on him too. You know, that, that's what you do with the freshman, right? You got to get on him, make sure they maximize their talent because this is not the high school game. You know, he's in the Big 12 right now, but they get on him early. They could get a lot out of him. He could be a major impact player in the Big 12, like you said. Uh, looking at their schedule, Jesse, certainly, obviously, Kansas going to have a tough schedule. They got all the Big 12 teams, of course, so we got some great matchups there. But the one that jumps out in the non-conference right away, November 14th, they have Kentucky. Talk about that game. Kansas-Kentucky, that's a treat for us college basketball fans, you know, a little bit more than a month away from, from today. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the good things that actually has happened uh, in the last past few years is that KU basically has played Kentucky every single year, you know, whether it's the, the Big 12 SEC uh, challenge or in the Champions Classic, and you get some really good games early in the season. And more than anything, it just kind of gets you an early litmus test to see how good you think you are. You know, I mean, KU got a couple years back, just got completely annihilated by Kentucky. Now, that was a really good Kentucky team. But again, it kind of it kind of set the course for the season where KU was trying to dig out of that and then you know came to a level later where you, you saw, hey, they have improved from that early point. But yeah, that's obviously a treat for, for college basketball fans. The Champions Classic is just a tremendous event. You get, you know, you get celebrities in the house. You get every basically every uh, college basketball 
writer who's anybody that comes to those games and so it really has turned into a nice event and and you get them in places like madison square garden and then you know it up in chicago i mean it's it's turned into kind of a big deal on the, the unofficial official kickoff of college basketball season but you know you look at the rest of ku's schedule and um the, the thing that they don't have this year that they've had in some years past is you know they like to go play in a maui they like to mm-hmm. go play uh they, they played in bahamas before and, and they usually have one of those tournaments that they play a little bit different this year they they have the same sort of thing that gets them the home games but they play syracuse in miami for one game sure uh, yep. and, and so that's that's kind of the marquee matchup but none of those tournament like things that that ku has played in the past so actually this this non-conference schedule looks I mean, it's good, but it's probably not as good as they played in the past because there's lots of home games and uh, a lot of teams that won't test. But there's some interesting road games, you know, at, and at Stanford with Jared Haas trying to build up the program and his ties to the to, to KU after being a, f- a former player there. That's something, you know, going up to Nebraska, a former Big 12 foe, and that'll be a big game for Tim Miles and his group. That, yep. mm-hmm. uh, you know, you got to figure he's on the hot seat uh, with the production they've had lately. So there are some intriguing games. A&M comes down Fieldhouse, even though you don't figure anybody's going to lose an Allen Fieldhouse or Kay's going to lose an Allen Fieldhouse and that sort of game but it'll just prepare him for the big 12 season and like i said uh ken pomeroy had some had an article at the athletic come out this week and he said that the big 12 from his ranking should be the top conference again that should be something that that reigns supreme again just because of the overall depth that it has and there's really no nights you can take off so uh you should be challenging the big 12 schedule and this this non-conference schedule should be good maybe not quite as good as years past but again uh, that's not a horrible thing. You've seen teams uh, have long tournament runs that that haven't really tested themselves crazy in the non-conference season. KU needs to have enough left in the tank to win in the tournament, which is what has not happened in, in previous years. Yeah, it's going to be a big game, a great great game with Kentucky there last year. Kansas wins 79-73 over Kentucky, and, and to see that, of course, that's going to kick the season off in, in the right fashion. Jesse, we, we thank you for a few minutes here. i got one more, then I'll, I'll get you out of here. Prediction. Kansas, a lot of returning talent, leadership scores, size up front. Coach Self said it at late night, the fog. I was watching it online. He said this team has knocked at the door a lot, but now it needs to kick down the door. 14 straight Big 12 title and Final Four. What do you think? You know, I, I, I feel obviously more confident about saying Big 12 title. And again, I think they'll be challenged. And the thing about this KU team that's a little bit different from years past is – I believe it has as high of a ceiling as any team. I mean, you, I think Bill Self loves his top seven players. And, you know, he's had teams in the past, even 2012, if you want to go back, that made the championship game where it wasn't very deep, but he really trusted his top guys. I think the question mark comes is, what is the floor with this team because of the scholarship numbers I mentioned to you? So, you know, they've got nine scholarship guys, eight because in the first semester because Sam Cunliffe's not eligible until second semester. And so what would one suspension do? What would a Yudoka Azabuki injury do if they got down to two big men? You know, like it's a very fine line for this Kansas team because you could see them accomplishing anything, including a national championship. You also could see it going very bad very quickly just because of a lack of depth that's on the roster. So, you know, I, I still think, like you said, they're going to be a unanimous pick for Big 12. If you ask me right now to who would win the Big 12, I would say Kansas. And like I said, with with, Kent, with, with Bill Self, I said they haven't won the tournament in previous years, and that's that's a misnomer because they have won the tournament. They've gotten to the Elite sure, Eight, sure. but they haven't gotten to the standard that, that KU fans have and that college basketball fans have, which is Final Fours. And, you know, Bill Self, 
his elite eight record it's it's tough i mean i i think it's two and six overall is 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 what i remember and again he's lost two two in a row both to villanova and then to oregon last year including oregon last year which was in kansas city basically a home game for for the jayhawks yeah so. that jesse i feel like that one was a tough one you would you would know better than us but you know no boucher oregon coming in it was in kansas city i i think that one may have smarted a little bit i would think for jayhawk fans oh yeah and, and you go back i mean there's been other ones like that but i mean I remember saying before the game, and and listen, things happen in college basketball. Shots go in, shots don't go in, crazy fluky plays happen, whatever the case may be. But if you're not going to win as a seven-point favorite in front of a home crowd to get to the Final Four, I mean, that's that's as good as it's probably ever going to get unless some crazy upset gets you like a 12 seed or something. And even talking about that, you know, KU's had those sorts of losses in the past. You know, you look back to uh, the VCU game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that was an Elite Eight game where KU was a double-digit favorite. And if KU would have won, would have faced... Uh, Butler to, to in the Final Four, and then would have taken on uh, a flawed UConn team to win the national title. K was the best team left and couldn't take care of business there. So the Elite Eight games have really been the bugaboo for Kansas, and so that's what Bill Self's referencing. He's saying, you know, they they kind of knocked on the door, they've gotten to that Elite Eight point, but just haven't gotten past that barrier. Haven't been to the Final Four since 2012. Again, this team has a great chance to do it. You got to figure K will be a top two or three seed come NCAA tournament time, like they are every year, and then from there they just got to play well when it matters most, and that just hasn't happened in those Elite Eight games, at least in the past few years. Jesse, thanks so much, man. We really appreciate you taking a few moments here and joining us, folks. Make sure to follow Jesse on Twitter at Jesse Newell, J-E-S-S-E-N-E-W-E-L-L. He does a great job covering uh, Kansas Jayhawk basketball, and we really appreciate a few minutes here, Jesse. Thanks so much, and and we'll be watching for the Jayhawks uh, during the season. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Thanks so much. 